So, how are you doing, Gunner? 100 degrees, Dave. We finally hit 100 degrees yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Summer's here. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it'll be that way for the uh, next couple months, I guess. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so, it was, it was one of those things where it gets like super hot and humid right before a massive thunderstorm. Mm. Um, and so, we had... Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I was talking to a friend on the phone, and then all the devices in my house went off with an alert, like, oh, tornado warning. And I was like, oh, okay, oh. Well, that's no big deal. And then uh, 20 minutes later, burr, 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 all the alarms go off again. Oh, flash flood warning. And it seems totally normal outside. Um, and I went back to talking to my friend, and then I looked out the window again, and the entire sky had gone gray, dark, oh. black. And uh, suddenly the wind picked up, knocked all my house plants over outside, and... Uh, then uh, torrential, torrential rain, uh, and then wow. and then woke up this morning with a uh, beautiful day. It's amazing. So, so that, do you do you have a basement? No, no, I have a uh, bathtub, which uh, okay is probably made of fiberglass and won't be much help. But uh, that's where I'm. Okay, if there is in fact a tornado, that's where I'll be. Okay, well noted, noted. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let the authorities know. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, but I am, but I'm glad that the hundred degree weather is here because that means it is, uh, it is, uh, summertime in Texas and that means, uh, time in swimming holes. Um, so you might be aware that in Austin here we have, um, the town square of, uh, Barton Springs, um, uh, mm-hmm. which is a massive, uh, spring fed, uh, swimming, uh, location, which is just a magical place. So I'm looking forward to being there very often. And, uh, this weekend I also went down to, uh, the green belt, uh, which is kind of a walking trail along this river, along this Creek, uh, lots of different swimming holes there. And I just, uh, sat in some very shallow water with about 300 of my closest friends. You know, people bring coolers and beer and floaties out there and, um, people were playing, playing music. Dogs are running around and wrestling. It was just, uh, it was a, it was a perfect weekend and I spent uh, about half of it in the water. It was great. Nice. You you weren't you're not like one of those fishermen that like stick your hand in a hole and try to pull a fish out. What do they call that? Uh, that sounds gross. First of all, that sounds gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pull out a catfish. Pull out a catfish. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, thank you. No, I don't okay. need to. No, I don't like catfish that much. <laughs> right. I don't like uh, any fish that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I like. Hmm. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, my my wife and I went out for a uh, little uh, little lunch date, and um, yeah, she was like, "Oh, I want to get a burger." And there's a place uh, that's out uh, where uh, sometimes I ride my motorcycle to called Teshner's, and it's this little hole in the wall place, and they have these burgers that are just like massive. And they have the one I got was called the Rude Boy, so it's like a, a thirteen dollar hamburger, and that's like in Ohio dollars, right? And uh, yeah, so but it was it was just ginormous. Uh, it was great. Uh, so h- highly recommend that. So if if anybody's in the neighborhood, uh, tell them I sent you. Nice. And I'm I'm looking at the photo of it too here. I see uh, I see crinkle fries, mm-hmm. which is a big deal yep. for me. Crinkle fries are that's a that's a hallmark of quality as far as I'm concerned. Right. They took the time to do that for you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, kind of a kind of a bleak agenda today, uh, Dave. Yes. 
Yes, and we're not saying anything about China today. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet. We'll see. We'll see. It's early. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to be talking about uh, blood, sweat, tears, uh, DNA, and googly eyes. Mm, all great tastes that taste great together. Yes. Uh, so, so Dave, that's, that's I, what the, the rude boys are made out of. Um, yes. So, so David, yuck. If, uh, yeah. if, if folks want to, if folks want a picture of the rude boy and accompanying crinkly fries, what website should they go visit? Uh, they want to go to dgshow.org. So D is in Dave, G is in Gunner, show.org. Nice. And a uh, low volume, high quality cutting room floor this week. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll give them all to you here. So there was, uh, you know, Airbnb, um, there was a guy went to, he paid 150 a night, uh, for this clean home with a private bathroom in Amsterdam. And it wound up being a uh, shipping container, uh, with a bed in it. <laughs> and, uh, it was illegally parked. Uh, too. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So you got that. Go ahead. Check it out. You got pictures of that. Um, and then there's, uh, HP love shack. <laughs> are you, are you going to sing it or am I? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a straight reading of it because I, I I don't sound okay. like Fred at all. So, uh, stay away, fools, for Balkanagath reigns at the ziggurat of the Lahav Shack, and Love Shack is L A J V dash S H apostrophe A A K. That's it. of course. <laughs> There's and you have the whole song plus a whole narrative that goes along with it. So if, if you like the B fifty twos and H uh, P Lovecraft, this is right up your alley. That's great. And then for you, you spent the the weekend and most of today uh, looking at this uh, Twitter thread, right? Yeah, there's a ve- now very long Twitter thread uh, from this gentleman who uh, has got this uh, uh, sandwich cart idea. So the uh, I don't want to take anything. I, don't, I won't like break the joke by by telling you, but I will read the 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 tweet that kind of kicked it off, and I encourage everybody to go read the entire thread because uh, it is some Michael. It says. Uh, he's an artist. So he says, my post art plan is opening a grilled cheese cart. It will serve $1 grilled cheese made with white bread, bulk cheese, bulk butter, and that's it. Greasy as hell. No options, no artisan, nothing. There will be no change. You give me $5, you're getting five. You figure your own life out. <laughs> and then and then it just improves from there. So I encourage everybody to go spend uh, probably about six hours uh, going through yes. going through the entire business plan for this <laughs> for this grilled cheese cart. It's, yeah, I mean yeah. between the responses and the memes it, and oh, it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so it's great. It's great. Well worth it. Yeah, totally. All right. Um. All right. So Dave. Uh, so DNA, big topic yes. for uh, uh for for the show today. Uh. So you want to you want to kick us off? Yeah. So um. Well, this one isn't DNA, but we'll get there. But mm-hmm. there is um, – so you know how it is with uh, drinking and driving and all that. And uh, But with the legalization of marijuana, um, there is no like breathalyzer test for to see if you're you know, high on THC. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the, it seems like the only reliable way to do it is through uh, blood tests. But then the problem becomes – um, you know, it's, it's, there's a cost associated with it. It takes like hours. And the other thing is by the time you get the suspect to get their blood test, the, uh, drug, whatever drug was in them could have been metabolized by now, mm-hmm. uh, or by the time the drug gets, uh, 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 by the time the, uh, drug test, but the blood is drawn. So, um, it winds up that uh, the new thing now is that 
not only do they have these like DUI police vans that will come over and have somebody come out and give you a blood test, but um, individual officers can give you blood tests as well uh, right on the spot. Okay. How does that work? Um, well, you could, uh, you could voluntarily give your blood up mm-hmm. or uh, if you protest, they have a thing uh, where um, they have a thing called an e-warrant where the, the police officer can pull out his laptop. Um, ha- there's a, a judge that's on call. And then um, uh, the e-warrant goes to the judge. The judge signs off on it. And um, then you, uh, you get your uh, blood taken whether you want it or not. Here's the funny thing about getting a warrant is like, what are the circumstances under which a judge will refuse the warrant? Especially on like a DUI stop, right? They're like, they're probably... Right. How could he say no? How could he say no, right? Um, and so in one sense, this like electronic warrant is like a, it's an admission that like having the cop go, you know, whatever, I don't know, we even know what the other process is. Like, what do they fax something in or like they have to go drive to the judge's house and get him to sign a warrant, you know? Um, so this is just a more efficient way of doing the same thing, but, uh, why even go through the warrant process at all? If there's no, like, it doesn't seem like the judge is going to be able to exercise any like meaningful discretion on the warrant. Right. Um, yeah, well, or it is, uh, it's just a, a well, literally a formality, but also probably a, a, a very tightly crafted form that mm-hmm. is like very simple. It's like a 1040 EZ form for warrants, <laughs> right, right? Right, right. And then the other thing is that if you know, you would think if you're the cop and you're doing the sobriety checkpoint and everything, you're probably going to wait for the judge that is more friendly in that way would be the mm-hmm. one that's on call compared to um, somebody that isn't. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but it winds up that, uh, you know, people are saying that it could be a game changer in, uh, in law enforcement. And then, um, uh, you know, the, and they talk about, you know, like the costs, they don't need to pay phlebotomists. Uh, but um, the, the thing that they said is that the police officers aren't in the healing profession uh, and they're not really concerned about pain reduction or hitting a vein. And there was one case where, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the other side of the coin here. Um, so the, there's this one where uh, one officer poked this uh, suspect 15 times, uh, and because the the suspect had a medical condition, it was near impossible to draw enough blood to fill a 10 cc tube. Um, they could only get uh, three cc's. Um, yeah. Yuck. But they, yeah. So they said it's it's a great tool not only for law enforcement but also the individual placed under arrest. Uh, instead of spending three to six hours with the officer, it's been cut down to one or two. They can get to the jail sooner and get out sooner. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm sold. <laughs> Sign me up. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if their uh, net promoter score is going to improve as a result of this, but... <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that, that is sympathetic to the efficiency of this, um, mm-hmm. but it does... This seems totally normal on a case-by-case basis, but mm-hmm. if you take it in the aggregate, like if you thought about every 10th driver being pulled off a sobriety checkpoint and having their blood drawn, um, that would seem like extremely invasive and creepy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, and they didn't say that, that it wasn't for, you know, but it didn't say that you couldn't do it that way. Um, I can imagine there being some outrage there, but I, I could also imagine the warrant 
is probably narrowly defined for uh, you know what you know what can you do with that blood, right? So it's just to look for alcohol or THC or whatever drug you're looking for, as opposed to like doing a full blown DNA test uh, to see what other crimes you're guilty of, which is the next subject. But I don't want to get ahead of us. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, let's get there because I think like. Um... I think both of us can anticipate that, you know, in about a year's time, there will be an article about somebody had their blood drawn because they had a traffic stop. And as a result of having their blood drawn, the police did a routine DNA check or that ended up in some DNA database that the police later checked and found out that this person was the father of the whatever of the of the of the criminal or or whatever the story was. Right. Yeah. But before we do that, how Mm -hmm. do you like if, you know, you legalize marijuana or whatever, how do you. How do law enforcement people make sure that people aren't driving under the influence and having an a- accurate representation at the time of the the they're pulled over? Yeah, I mean, I'm so old. I can remember when uh, field sobriety tests were conducted, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where you didn't have to uh, uh, the police judged your fitness to drive just by like basic dexterity tests and like cognitive mm-hmm. tests rather than uh, caring what individual uh, caring what what was actually in your system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if somebody can't, whatever, touch their nose, alphabet backwards, walk on a straight line. Um, it seems like, I, I mean, I'm no expert on this, but it seems like we could, con- we could conceive of a set of tests to judge people's impairment, regardless of the source of that impairment. Right. Cause, mm-hmm. um, if we start testing for individual drugs or medications or whatever, I mean, there's lots of different things that can screw people up. Right. Um, and we're never going to have a test, like a full spectrum test of like every possible chemical that could impair someone. And actually it doesn't really matter what the impairment was. Um, if we have a set of tests against the outcome tests against the results, which is like people's vision impaired, dexterity impaired, reaction time despair impaired. Um, that mm-hmm. seems like a much more, uh, it seems like first simpler and, uh, much more effective way of getting to the desired result, which is figuring out whether this person's impaired or not. Right. Well, could the impairment, what if the impairment is like age and, and here's where it gets weirder too, right? Mm -hmm. What if it's an old grandma and you know, her reflexes aren't that good and maybe she shouldn't have a driver's license in the first place. Uh, I don't, am I a bad person for not thinking that's a problem? Yeah. Well, what do you cite her for, for being under the influence of something or being old or, or. Or isn't isn't that, isn't that well? It's only DUI versus like DWI driving while impaired, right? Um, yeah. Isn't that the, isn't that the the offense? So like um, driving under the influence. Yeah, I guess I'm now forming an opinion right here on the show. Is about okay. is about like I'm a fan of like DWI offenses yeah. versus DUI offenses. Like DUI offenses is um, oh, it seems really judgy. I mean, I think we care more about people DW people well, i think we care more about dwi offenses right yes and yeah it depends on you know what what is the crime is it being old or is it intentionally taking a drug that uh, impairs an otherwise healthy person right well i mean the public safety and, concern is the same yeah. i would think right exactly the yeah. person that gets on the motorcycle that gets you know uh t-boned uh yeah. they're still dead right I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's keep going. We'll think about it. Maybe we'll come back to it. We'll break okay. into discussion groups. Um, <laughs> work up this a little bit. Yeah. I, I need some scratch paper. All right. All right. So, all right. Let's, let's talk about uh, 
police uh, collection and DNA and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So, like, you know about the – there's, like, the the national uh, uh, DNA registry. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, CODIS, I mm-hmm. guess, the National yeah. DNA Database, uh, tightly regulated by the FBI. Um, but the thing is, is that um, there are local municipalities that are collecting their own DA and DNA and building their own DNA databases. Right, okay. and this is and, and this is made possible because the 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 technology for matching DNA is now is now like very quickly getting cheap enough that like a county mm-hmm. office could could buy one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, commoditized, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, yeah, so you know, in the past, if uh, you know, you would collect the DNA, you'd have to send the sample to an outside lab, and then wait a month or more for the results. But now there is a thing called a rapid DNA machine, uh, which provides results in ninety minutes, and the police officers can operate the device themselves, so no lab tech needed. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. And uh, like in Pennsylvania, so this talks about Bucks County, uh, Ben Salem, uh, at, which is a suburb in Bucks County near uh, Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. They said that to collect DNA, the police in Pennsylvania must obtain consult from the people under arrest. Ninety percent of those people say yes. Wow. OK. Yeah. And then when asked why uh, so many people would consent to DNA, um, the director of public safety for the Ben Salem police said, uh, I have no idea, but criminals do stupid things. <laughs> that that answers a good use of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you'll see like in the there's a uh, I have a picture uh, there that, that from the article that it's it's a poster hanging up in the police station reminding the police officers to ask for DNA no matter what. Right. So right. you get pulled over. And then it's like, hey, how would you like to get ruled out, right? And so, um, so in Bucks County, they build up one of the largest local DNA databases in the country, containing around twelve thousand individual profiles, as well as thirteen thousand still identified profiles extracted from uh, crime scenes. Hmm. And with with CODIS, the National DNA Database, it's uh, uh, so tightly regulated by the FBI that the police sometimes complain and say that it's useless because they say that. Uh, the police can only upload certain types of uh, samples taken from individuals and only for select crimes, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the county DNA databases are unregulated. And um, the, the database has genetic material from people who uh, police consider even just a, a suspicious subject. Yeah, that does not sound great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds... Yep. Okay, well, let's, let's keep going because I, yeah. I have a lot so, of questions. Yeah, the, yeah, so there's a, a lady from New York University and, and said that uh, it basically it's an investigative approach. It starts with everybody's a subject. Then let's go see if we can find a crime they committed. And I think that's a deeply pro- problematic inversion of how we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said that it uh, exacerbates racial biases in the, in the uh, criminal justice system. Um, and even like they said, African-Americans have been considered suspicious for napping in a college dorm barbecuing in a public park and uh giving change to a homeless man mm-hmm. and yeah and and but the the rebuttal there going back to um uh let's see let's see if it's the same guy yep, um, same guy yeah yeah so he said that um well you have nothing to fear if you're not going to be a criminal right <laughs> 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 Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> words. Of, <laughs> I, 
I, first of all, I, f- I think it's hilarious that that the law enforcement is still using that phrase when it's like now like a caricature of the argument, right? Um, yeah. Uh, like kind of tone deaf that way. I mean, it, it, this woman uh, Murphy brings up a great point, like because it is an inversion. It's a um, it's an assumption that everyone is subject to the dragnet and. Uh, and now we're going to go every time a crime happens, we're basically going to interrogate you, right? Or or Mm -hmm. rather we're going to interrogate your DNA. Um, how is this Dave different than fingerprinting though, which we've now grown accustomed to? Hmm. That's a great point. I don't know. Well, I guess it, uh, well, it's hereditary, right? Mm -hmm. So, your fingerprints are unique to you and would not implicate other people in your family. Whereas if let's say kid playing around in the playground gets swabbed by the police for uh, delinquency or something, and then his dad gets busted, uh, right. uh, picked up for a different crime. Yeah. Now you're talking about what a, uh, uh, probably a fifth amendment or fourth amendment violation. Fifth, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Um, yeah, yeah, legal search and seizure. Yeah, you got yeah. a search and seizure thing, but also a self-incrimination thing too, right? Right, um, right, right. I, I, I presume. Um, and so there, there was actually a series on this earlier uh, uh, earlier this week. Uh, the New York Times podcast, The Daily, which is great, and everyone should should, should subscribe to. They did a two part series on this idea of uh, genetic genealogy and its consequences for law enforcement. So um, there's a uh, there's this because this genetic technology has now been so commoditized, it's possible to take your genetic sample, upload it to some website, and mm-hmm. they will match it up to your genealogy, and you get a large enough corpus of samples, and now you can say, like, okay, well, uh, you have a 98% chance of being this person's dad or uh, this person, you know, so. <laughs> so yeah, like, and it's all fun. Right? Yeah, it's all fun. Yeah, it's like I can't wait to find out who my real dad is. Um, the, the, uh, but the genetic genealogy databases are being used by law enforcement now. So the great, the classic example is the, the golden state killer, right? Um, Mm -hmm. where it was, they had a sample and they ran it through this genealogy, this genealogical database, and they were able to narrow down to like four suspects, um, Mm -hmm. you know, on this like 30 year old cold case. Um, and that all sounds great. However, uh, the, the breadth of this is really kind of uh, scary. Like, do you bring this tool to bear for any crime? Um, or do you just limit it to, uh, to, you know, kind of capital crimes or murder or what have you? Mm-hmm. The other, mm-hmm. the other concern is, well, one interesting thing is that the database that this, this one guy who started the website basically as a hobby from what I understand, right. he yeah. now has like a million samples. Um, mm-hmm. and from a million samples, you can basically identify everyone in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. just your coverage is good enough. You can kind of you know, uh, 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 just the, the math works out that, you know, kind of Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon style, um, you can pretty quickly identify any individual person, even just, ha- even if you don't have 250 million genetic samples, you have a million, you can kind of back into it. Um, right. Another interesting, you mentioned earlier that the, the database is, uh, skewed towards folks who are likely to be picked up, um, or sampled. Um, and mm-hmm. so kind of, and everybody knows that's going to be non-white, um, for, really gross reasons, but that's kind of, that's the fact on the ground. Now this genetic, these genetic genealogy databases are mostly being populated by elderly hobbyists who are predominantly white. And so this database yeah. is largely white. And so, um, there's a kind of grim justice in, in the fact that these private databases are all, um, are predominantly white. Whereas these, 
um, these government databases are predominantly non-white, um, which is also interesting. Um, anyway, the, the, the story is good. The story is super interesting. It's, uh, I think it's probably about 45 minutes, an hour treatment of the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, in the end, this guy, uh, started tinkering with his terms of service to make it, to make it easier for law enforcement to use his data thinking that he was doing the right thing, right? You know, if you if you mm-hmm. had a, if you had a private database of all these fingerprints and the police wanted to use it to go find a murderer, it's hard to argue with not showing them the data, right? Um, yeah, you, you have nothing to fear if you're not not doing not going to be a criminal. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Um, and so, just like a, just a hornet's nest of ethical questions, um, and which rub up against kind of a this kind, this kind of very unsettling. Um, Again, any individual case seems kind of relatively straightforward, but if it was deployed at scale, it suddenly has a totally different valence, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, like, I remember reading about this back when the Golden State Killer stuff came out, and the the police were using that that guy's hobby database, uh, and he was they were, like, creating, like, fake profiles and uploading DNA samples mm-hmm. to look for matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, interestingly, none of that has actually been tested in court. So this genetic genealogy method of identifying suspects, um, hasn't been tested by any court yet. And in fact, the golden state killer case is going to be the first one. And you can fully expect that they're going to raise, you know, kind of fourth amendment objections. Um, Mm -hmm. so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Absolutely. Makes you want to go to law school. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Yeah. Almost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So speaking of, uh, of DNA. Um, it's not just for, uh, law enforcement, um, uh, to, uh, benefit from it's also, uh, using, uh, scammers are using DNA testing to defraud Medicare, uh, and steal identities. Well, uh, how does that work? Yeah. So if you are walking through your neighborhood mm-hmm. and you see a van, uh, offering to pay, uh, Medicaid recipients 20 bucks for a DNA swab, uh, and access to their health information, um, yeah, that that's a problem. Um, that's that's one way they're doing it. <laughs> do you, do you also get? Are they handing out lollipops too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, DNA swabs out of a van. Um, yeah. Here, suck on this lollipop and give it right back. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and there's like even ads on Facebook uh, that that they're putting. Um, like, like the people that are doing the scam are like putting ads up saying, Hey, you know, come here and, and check this out and, and all that. And they also go to, uh, uh, senior living communities and assisted living communities, uh, and senior centers offering to swab the cheeks of seniors for, uh, genetic material purportedly for checks for, uh, DNA checks for cancer. So what's the, but what's the scam? What do they do? What's the, um, how are they? Yeah. What's the scam here? Yeah, well, I think they're getting uh, – it's been a while since I've seen this, but I think what they're doing is that they're using um, – they're also getting, like, the personally identifiable information from people. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, hey, give me your uh, give me your Medicare information, and uh, and I don't know if they're billing against it or not, like, like bogus tests uh, against Medicare mm-hmm. um, for this. So, yeah, um, not, not a good thing. Yeah. But they're, yeah, they're, they're collecting all kind of, uh, um, uh, like all of their personal information. Right. On, well, you know, Medicaid information data. Yeah. And then, uh, so what I would be worried about is, 
I mean, what you're seeing through the the story we just talked through, and then this one is, I mean, those folks are those scammers are in fact building a database of DNA, right? Um, mm-hmm. And having private, having all of this DNA information being held by private companies and mm-hmm. having it not be regulated seems problematic, right? Like, yes, is that does that count as like personally identifiable information? Um, or like, is it, are they subject to like HIPAA regulations because they're, they're holding this data and this identifiable data? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I wish I did know. Yeah. Well, also think about the, like the local police, right? Where, you know, like local and state governments, they, especially the local governments don't have the, the cybersecurity budgets to, and they're always getting hacked. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, that's not good either, especially and I can imagine too the like the DNA like like once one county comes up with a, a DNA thing, imagine them coming up with this uh, reciprocity between like different counties will share amongst each other's and you'll have this massive uh, database of, of the aggregate of all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm imagining uh, so now I'm imagining the worst case scenario, right? Like what is the, what is the threat model? Like what could go wrong here? Okay. So I have now easy access to, uh, identify if I have someone's DNA, I now have an easy way to identify them. Um, Mm -hmm. so if I am, uh, darkly minded, I'm going to go hang out in front of, uh, say a motel of ill repute and, uh, (laughs) you know, and collect coffee cups and cigarette butts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Take the DNA samples, go match them. And then go ask it. Go ask the person. Like, hey, uh, we found your DNA outside this uh, motel. Would your wife be interested to learn that you were outside this hotel? This motel. Um, right. I mean, I can imagine. I can imagine that happening pretty easily, right? Um, and I'm sure if I spent another ten minutes, I could think about some other like really unsavory uses for uh, for these kind of easily accessible or e- even easily hackable databases. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, and you just you just uh, people are coming up. They're filing the business uh, applications right now to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's close on a happy note. Let's let's talk about googly eyes. Yes, please. Yeah, everything's better with googly eyes, right? <laughs> within 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 reason. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, so. With um, one of the things that, like, um, there there have been proven studies in the past where that um, if there are people will are more uh, compliant if there are eyes uh, watching them. So whether it's like the 1984 poster of mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Big Brother uh, benevolently watching over you, or um, you know if if you have like a, a poster with uh, eyes in the room or, um, you know, if, if there are images of eyes clearly present, uh, people are more likely to put money into like honor boxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so this is actually a report from 2012 that, um, they put like buckets for uh, donation, uh, at, at supermarket checkouts. So, you know, you go and buy something, you could throw your change in whatever. Mm-hmm. And they found out that, um, uh, so they had uh, the control that was just a white bucket without the googly eyes, and then they had a white bucket with the googly eyes on it, and they found that there was a uh, uh, once with the eyes on it, the donations uh, um, increased by forty eight percent. That's pretty great. Now, did that have to do with uh, the fact that they were that? I wonder if it, 
I, want, I would like to separate out the idea that like googly eyes are hilarious, and so mm-hmm. like drew attention to the bucket. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, it made you smile. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. As opposed to some you know kind of innate like I'm being watched and and observed and judged by the googly eyes, and right. and, and so I need to drop some change in there. Yes. No. Yeah. That's that's good point. They didn't, I don't think they brought that up in the paper. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. So you need now a third, um, a, or or have a one with googly eyes, one with no eyes, and then one with like Joe Stalin. Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or like Rasputin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Staring>. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, although, okay. So how are you going to apply this to your own life? Um, I don't know how we could do that. So I like, I, there has to be ways that we could do that to and, and, uh, encourage compliance, but I wondered if there would be ways that, that you thought about that. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I think I would put googly eyes on the bathroom mirror in order to encourage Soren to brush his teeth. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think how about, uh, googly eyes on your, uh, uh, nest, uh, doorbell? Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, behave yourself. I got these googly eyes are watching you. Um, also, uh, putting googly eyes on my eyeglasses for video conferences. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to show that you're awake. That's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And to encourage mm-hmm. compliance in my staff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. Benevolent. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Why is Gunnar yeah. wearing the googly eyes? Oh, because of science. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Forty-eight percent better compliance. <laughs> cool uh all right dave um well if folks want to learn more about uh the uh uh, dna collection hellscape um or uh Mm -hmm. this delicious um um, mushroom and swiss uh, burger that you you got grilled cheese sandwich sandwich, or grilled cheese sandwich what website should they go visit yeah dgshow.org so d's and dave g's and gunner show.org all right thanks dave yeah thanks everybody 